Chapter 8 And now Jacob spake many more things to my people at that time. Nevertheless, only these things have I caused to be written, for the things which I have written sufficeth me. And now I, Nephi, write more of the words of Isaiah, for my soul delighteth in his words. For I will liken his words unto my people, and I will send them forth unto all my children, for he verily saw my Redeemer, even as I have seen him. And my brother Jacob also hath seen him as I have seen him, wherefore I will send their words forth unto my children, to prove unto them that my words are true. Wherefore by the words of three God hath said, I will establish my word. Nevertheless God sendeth more witnesses, and he proveth all his words. Behold, my soul delighteth in proving unto my people the truth of the coming of Christ. For for this end hath the law of Moses been given, and all things which have been given of God from the beginning of the world unto man are the typifying of him. And also my soul delighteth in the covenants of the Lord which he hath made to our fathers. Yea, my soul delighteth in his grace and his justice, and power and mercy in the great and eternal plan of deliverance from death. And my soul delighteth in proving unto my people that save Christ should come, all men must perish. For if there be no Christ, there be no God. And if there be no God, we are not. For there could have been no creation. But there is a God, and he is Christ and he cometh in the fullness of his own time. And now I write some of the words of Isaiah, that whoso of my people which shall see these words may lift up their hearts and rejoice for all men. Now these are the words, and ye may liken them unto you and unto all men. The word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. And it shall come to pass in the last days, when the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains, and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow unto it. And many people shall go and say, Come ye, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem." And he shall judge among the nations, and shall rebuke many people, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come ye, and let us walk in the light of the Lord. Yea, come, for ye have all gone astray, every one to his wicked ways." Therefore, O Lord, thou hast forsaken thy people, the house of Jacob, because they be replenished from the east, and hearken unto soothsayers like the Philistines, and they please themselves in the children of strangers. Their land also is full of silver and gold, neither is there any end of their treasures. Their land is also full of horses, neither is there any end of their chariots. Their land also is full of idols. They worship the work of their own hands, that which their own fingers have made. And the mean man boweth down, and the great man humbleth himself not. Therefore, forgive him not. O ye wicked ones, enter into the rock and hide thee in the dust, for the fear of the Lord and the glory of his majesty shall smite thee. 
And it shall come to pass that the lofty looks of man shall be humbled, and the haughtiness of men shall be bowed down, and the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. For the day of the Lord of hosts soon cometh upon all nations, yea, upon every one, yea, upon the proud and the lofty, and upon every one which is lifted up, and he shall be brought low. Yea, and the day of the Lord shall come upon all the cedars of Lebanon, for they are high and lifted up, and upon all the oaks of Bashan, and upon all the high mountains, and upon all the hills, and upon all the nations which are lifted up, and upon every people, and upon every high tower, and upon every fenced wall, and upon all the ships of the sea, and upon all the ships of Tarshish, and upon all the pleasant pictures, and the loftiness of man shall be bowed down, and the haughtiness of man shall be made low, and the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day, and the idols he shall utterly abolish. And they shall go into the holes of the rocks, and into the caves of the earth, for the fear of the Lord shall come upon them, and the glory of his majesty shall smite them, when he ariseth to shake terribly the earth. In that day a man shall cast his idols of silver and his idols of gold, which he hath made for himself to worship, to the moles and to the bats to go into the clefts of the rocks and into the tops of the ragged rocks, for the fear of the Lord shall come upon them, and the majesty of his glory shall smite them when he ariseth to shake terribly the earth. Cease ye from man, whose breath is in his nostrils, for wherein is he to be accounted of? For behold the Lord, the Lord of hosts, doth take away from Jerusalem and from Judah the stay and the staff, and whole staff of bread, and the whole stay of water. The mighty man, and the man of war, the judge, and the prophet, and the prudent, and the ancient, the captain of fifty, and the honorable man, and the counselor, and the cunning artificer, and the eloquent orator. And I will give children unto them to be their princes, and babes shall rule over them. And the people shall be oppressed, every one by another, and every one by his neighbor. The child shall behave himself proudly against the ancient, and the base against the honorable. When a man shall take hold of his brother of the house of his father, and shall say, Thou hast clothing, be thou our ruler, and let not this ruin come under thy hand. In that day shall he swear, saying, I will not be a healer, for in my house there is neither bread nor clothing. Make me not a ruler of the people, for Jerusalem is ruined, and Judah is fallen, because their tongues and their doings have been against the Lord, to provoke the eyes of his glory. The shoe of their countenance doth witness against them, and doth declare their sin to be even as Sodom, and they cannot hide it. Woe unto their souls, for they have rewarded evil unto themselves. Say unto the righteous that it is well with them, for they shall eat the fruit of their doings. Woe unto the wicked, for they shall perish, for the reward of their hands shall be upon them. And my people, children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. O my people, they which lead thee cause thee to err, and destroy the way of thy paths, the Lord standeth up to plead, and standeth to judge the people. The Lord will enter into judgment with the ancients of his people, and the princes thereof. For ye have eaten up the vineyard, and the spoil of the poor in your houses. What mean ye? Ye beat my people to pieces, and grind the faces of the poor, saith the Lord God of hosts. 
Moreover, the Lord saith, Because the daughters of Zion are haughty, and walk with stretched forth necks, and wanton eyes, walking and mincing as they go, and making a tinkling with their feet, therefore the Lord will smite with a scab the crown of the head of the daughters of Zion, and the Lord will discover their secret parts. In that day the Lord will take away the bravery of tinkling ornaments, and calls, and round tires like the moon, the chains and the bracelets and the mufflers, the bonnets and the ornaments of the legs, and the headbands, and the tablets and the earrings, the rings and nose jewels, the changeable suits of apparel, and the mantles and the wimples and the crisping pins, the glasses and the fine linen, and hoods and the veils. And it shall all come to pass, instead of sweet smell, there shall be stink, and instead of a girdle, a rent. And instead of well-set hair, baldness. And instead of a stomacher, a girding of sackcloth, burning instead of beauty. Thy men shall fall by the sword, and thy mighty in the war. And her gates shall lament and mourn, and she shall be desolate, and shall sit upon the ground. And in that day seven women shall take hold of one man, saying, We will eat of our own bread, and wear our own apparel, only let us be called by thy name to take away our reproach. In that day shall the branch of the Lord be beautiful and glorious, the fruit of the earth excellent and comely to them that are escaped of Israel. And it shall come to pass, them that are left in Zion and remain in Jerusalem shall be called holy, every one that is written among the living in Jerusalem." When the Lord shall have washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion, and shall have purged the blood of Jerusalem from the midst thereof by the spirit of judgment and by the spirit of burning, and the Lord will create upon every dwelling place of Mount Zion and upon her assemblies a cloud and smoke by day and the shining of a flaming fire by night, for upon all the glory of Zion shall be a defense, and there shall be a tabernacle for a shadow in the daytime from the heat and for a place of refuge and a covert from storm and from rain. And then will I sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved touching his vineyard. My well-beloved hath a vineyard in a very fruitful hill. And he fenced it, and gathered out the stones thereof, and planted it with the choicest vine, and built a tower in the midst of it, and also made a winepress therein. And he looked that it should bring forth grapes, and it brought forth wild grapes." And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem, and men of Judah, judge, I pray you, betwixt me and my vineyard. What could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Wherefore, when I looked that it should bring forth grapes, it brought forth wild grapes. And now go to, I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the hedge thereof, and it shall be eaten up. And I will break down the wall thereof, and it shall be trodden down. And I will lay it waste. It shall not be pruned nor digged, but there shall come up briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah his pleasant plant. And he looked for judgment, and behold, a oppression, for righteousness, but behold a cry. Woe unto them that join house to house, till there can be no place that they may be placed alone in the midst of the earth. 
In mine ears, saith the Lord of hosts, of a truth, many houses shall be desolate, and great and fair cities without inhabitant. Yea, ten acres of vineyard shall yield one bath, and the seed of a homer shall yield an ephah. Woe unto them that rise up early in the morning, that they may follow strong drink, that continue until night, and wine inflame them, and the harp and the vial, the tabret and pipe, and wine are in their feasts, but they regard not the work of the Lord, neither consider the operation of his hands. Therefore my people are gone into captivity, because they have no knowledge, and their honorable men are famished, and their multitude dried up with thirst. Therefore hell hath enlarged herself, and opened her mouth without measure, and their glory, and their multitude, and their pomp, and he that rejoiceth shall descend into it. And the mean man shall be brought down, and the mighty man shall be humbled, and the eyes of the lofty shall be humbled. But the Lord of hosts shall be exalted in judgment, and God that is holy shall be sanctified in righteousness. Then shall the lambs feed after their manner, and the waste places of the fat ones shall strangers eat. Woe unto them that draw iniquity with cords of vanity, and sin as it were with the cart rope. They say, Let him make speed, hasten his work, that we may see it, and let the counsel of the Holy One of Israel draw nigh and come, that we may know it. Woe unto them that call evil good, and good evil, that put darkness for light, and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet, and sweet for bitter. Woe unto the wise in their own eyes, and prudent in their own sight. Woe unto the mighty to drink wine, and men of strength to mingle strong drink which justify the wicked for reward, and take away the righteousness of the righteous from him. Therefore, as the fire devoureth the stubble, and the flame consumeth the chaff, their roots shall be rottenness, and their blossoms shall go up as dust, because they have cast away the law of the Lord of hosts, and despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. Therefore is the anger of the Lord kindled against his people, and he hath stretched forth his hand against them, and hath smitten them. And the hills did tremble, and their carcasses were torn in the midst of the streets. For all this his anger is not turned away, but his hand stretched out still. And he will lift up an ensign to the nations from far, and will hiss unto them from the end of the earth, and behold, they shall come with speed swiftly. None shall be weary nor stumble among them. None shall slumber nor sleep. Neither shall the girdle of their loins be loosed, nor the latchet of their shoes be broken, whose arrows shall be sharp and all their bows bent, and their horses' hooves shall be counted like flint, and their wheels like a whirlwind, their roaring like a lion. They shall roar like young lions. Yea, they shall roar and lay hold of the prey and shall carry away safe and none shall deliver. And in that day they shall roar against them like the roaring of the sea. And if they look unto the land, behold, darkness and sorrow, and the light is darkened in the heavens thereof. Pressure all around me saying, go ahead, give in. Save your soul for another day. Struggling between the enemy and the one only true friend. I'm 
softly calling out my name Come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest unto your souls Lord I don't deserve this wondrous mercy you have shown yet you show it time and time again Trapped inside Satan's cold, dark embrace You are there to free my soul from sin And when I listen, I... Okay, chapter 8. This was a difficult chapter for me because um, my father's Book of Mormon, I've, I've been using that as a resource in some of my study. Well, in all of my studies so far in this Book of Mormon uh, project I'm doing. And his second book of Nephi, chapter 8, was pretty empty. So I had to glean as much, everything I've, I've, I've taken now from this research was kind of without having any type of head start. So I'm going to give you a lot less content possibly i don't know maybe he had maybe there's more to be gleaned from this but but uh these are the verses that jumped out to me and we with that we will just start with verse five wherefore by the words of three god hath said i will establish my word and if you have the 1990 version in the margin you have three references 2 Nephi 11, 133 and 134, Ether chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, and Matthew 18, verse 16. I would add Deuteronomy 17, verse 6, Deuteronomy 19, verse 15. The Matthew and Deuteronomy references are about in the mouths of two or three, um, all things shall be established in two or three witnesses. And in, in Deuteronomy, it says, uh, that one man can't be com- a man can't be condemned by one witness alone. It would, it would take two or three witnesses. Now, in Second Nephi and in Ether, I think you have very specific references there uh, in regards to the Book of Mormon, and that there will be three witnesses to the these plates to the Book of Mormon, and those are 
very good references. So make sure you get those written down. And I think they're referencing in those two locations, Oliver Cowdery, David Whitmer, and Martin Harris, who were the three witnesses of the Book of Mormon. So I like that verse five, and I would highlight that, and I would pay close attention to those references. The next verse I have is verse 13 and 14. For if there be no Christ, there be no God. And if there be no God, we are not. For there could, for there could have been no creation. But there is a God, and he is Christ, and he cometh in the fullness of his own time. Um, it puts God and Christ on the same level, which is maybe difficult for people to understand, but it it it, just, it shows the importance of Christ it, that he is he is as God in the beginning he was with God and he was God right in the beginning was the Word we we know these references, but there there has to be a Christ if there be no Christ there be no God it is the importance of Christ is is brought out on that verse and Nephi recognized it and Nephi uh, it says in this chapter that he saw Christ and he knew of his coming and so this this whole uh, ideology of the of the Book of Mormon typifying Christ we we see that in verse 9 I didn't highlight it I guess I should have because now I'm referencing it so maybe ref, maybe highlight verse 9 too but he understood that and he understood the importance of Christ so verse 13 and 14 puts Christ just up a notch the importance of his coming because without him we would we wouldn't be there would be no creation his sacrifice is what the, all of the scriptures point towards and that is why 13 and 14 are so important to highlight and underline in verse uh, 15, we see that he references that he loves the words of Isaiah. And in verse 16, he he's talking and he's setting up. Uh, it's the, it's a precursor, an introduction to what's going to happen in verse 17 through the rest of the chapter and the chapters to come. We're going to read a lot of Isaiah here. And it starts in chapter 8 of the Book of Mormon, of Second Nephi. You get Isaiah chapters 2 through 5. And it's almost word for word. But what you have to look at, what is really important here is in verse 16. Now these are the words, and ye may liken them unto you and unto all men. The prophecy in Isaiah is to Jerusalem. It's for Jerusalem. It's for the ancient covenant people. And people are going to read the Bible and say this is for the Jews to believe in Christ again. But here the Book of Mormon comes out in 1830, and now it's got this reference from Nephi saying, this isn't just for the Jews. This isn't just for Israel. You may liken this, these verses of Isaiah that I'm about to quote to you, you can liken them unto yourselves. And this is, is for all the world to understand now. This is not, we're shifting gears, and these, these prophecies, you can take part in this. This is a special verse and you may liken them unto you. You should underline that and circle it and arrow it at point to it. And I, I really like that verse. And it's giving us the, the um, I don't know, I don't know the, the right words to say. It's ratifying, it, it's justifying the idea that these prophecies of Isaiah are for us. And, and they're not just pointed at Israel. Now, moving on. 
verse 19. I like this verse and I've underlined just a portion of it. And you're going to see over and over and over the idea of Zion and Jerusalem. And they're two different things and they're always referenced at the same time. And I, I'm not going to get into it yet, but this verse is highlighted. There's better places to discuss this topic, but this is one of them. And I'm just kind of bringing it out that there's two different locations. One of them is Zion and one of them is Jerusalem. And this is one of the verses that we're starting to see it come out more and more. And this theme is going to continue. Verse 25. The great man humbleth himself not, therefore forgive him not. This is my bumper sticker verse of chapter 8. This is my write it down on a note, on a sticky note and stick it on your dashboard, on your rearview mirror somewhere. The humble, you know, the great man humbleth himself not, therefore forgive him not. This is a good lesson, a good, uh, uh, I don't know, just keep it with you. Keep it in your back pocket. Remember that verse and be humble, be humble. Verse 26, O ye wicked ones, enter into the rock and hide thee in the dust, for the fear of the Lord and the glory of his majesty shall smite thee. In Revelations chapter 6, verses 15 and 16, you're going to see a similar reference. It's talking about the last days, and it kind of it's sort of a time stamp of what Isaiah is talking about. And it's we're talking about the last days and people are going to in, in Revelations it says they're going to hide in the rocks and they're going to be ashamed of of being seen by Christ. They're going to want the rocks to fall on them. And so that's a good cross reference. And I, and I think it's it's also good to show a timestamp of what era, what time frame we're talking about here. And in verse 28, for the day of the Lord of hosts soon cometh upon all nations. And I highlight that one because in the margin of on your 1990 independence edition um there's three six nine twelve thirteen verses <laughs> so if you feel like you're ready for some studying go through all 13 of those verses and you'll learn what the day of the lord of hosts soon cometh is all about and a lot of these are prophecies of the last day they're they are all thematically about the return of christ and they're all talking about the day of the Lord of hosts soon cometh, and it's his second coming. And if you notice, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Joel, Amos, Zephaniah, Zechariah, Malachi, those are all Old Testament prophets, and they're all, you know, these verses have been there. And then you get First Thessalonians and Second Peter to explain it for you a little bit, but that's a good study. Next page, verse 42, and I will give children unto them to be their princes, and babes shall rule over them. I underline that and I put on the margin verse 50, reference verse 50. And in verse 50, I think it references verse 42, but you're talking about Israel and how their leadership is, and maybe not even Israel, because what we what did we say before? Um, that Nephi is saying, you can liken these verses unto you. So, the world's leadership, if you will, if you're going to be led by children to be your princes and babes shall rule over them. But it's a better explanation in verse 50. I'm going to jump over to verse 50. And my people, children are their oppressors and women rule over them. O my people, they which lead thee, cause thee to err and destroy the way of thy paths. 
Now, a good friend of mine just did a podcast, uh, The Christian Tactician, and it's a, it's a little bit rough, in my opinion, <laughs> the language, not the language, but the, the, the uh, topic. And you better be prepared for some, some manhood talk and for some straight talk right in your face to say, it's time to step up and be a man because this world is destroying manhood. It is destroying, it's making a joke out of it in our sitcom TVs, in our, in our, uh, rights for, for women's lib and, 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 and just, he explains it better than I do, but it's an abrasive, an abrasive way, but sometimes we need that. We need to be shaken up. And here's a verse that kind of supports that we are being led by children, not men, children are our oppressors and women rule over them. Women are the rulers over. So it just points to the day and time we live in and they're destroying the way of thy paths. So I don't know. I just, uh, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that the, uh, the, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I do. I, I don't want to say that it's divine inspiration, but I like when God does this in my life, when I'm having uh, a study and I come across a scripture and I have a thought, a train of thought that sticks with me. And lo and behold, a brother of mine, you know, in another state, you know, 24 hours of driving away is thinking the same thing or has thought the same thing. And he publishes a similar uh, of view and opinion. The next I skipped over in verse 44, there's one word highlighted and it's the word not in verse 44, let not this ruin come under thy hand. And I only highlight it because it's not in the book of Isaiah, but it is in uh, Nephi's quoting of Isaiah here. And it makes more sense. Let not this ruin come under thy hand. Turn the page, verse 67 is my next highlight. Them that are left in Zion and remain in Jerusalem shall be called holy. Everyone that is written among the living in Jerusalem. So we have this theme again, Zion and Jerusalem, Zion and Jerusalem and everyone in Jerusalem. So they're kind of the one in the same as, in far, as far as a, a, a meaning, but they are split up. They're talking about two things, two places, in my opinion. And we're going to have that study at some point in the in the Book of Mormon that we're going through. And in verse 69, a cloud and smoke by day and the shining of a flaming fire by night for upon all the glory of Zion shall be a defense. There's a reference for Zechariah 2.5 and I'm going to read that. For I, saith the Lord, will be unto her a wall of fire round about, and will be the glory in the midst of her. So this prophecy in Zechariah, it's worded a little differently, um, but it shows that this cloud of smoke and the shining of a flaming of fire by night, for upon all the glory of Zion shall be a defense. It's, so it references that as a defense. And then we have this wall of fire reference for a defense. I also like that it's a cloud of smoke and the flaming fire. You know, the symbolism or the reference, you can go back to the promise uh, that Abraham had when the smoke, uh, the pillar of smoke and fire consumed, you know, when he made the promise. And then obviously with, with Moses, that this is how God shows himself. And this is how he's going to show himself again and 
um, it's just something to look forward to. I'm going to turn the page, verse 90. I'm going to highlight that page. Woe unto them, that verse. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil and put darkness for light and light for darkness that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. This reference is, um, you know, it's obviously in Isaiah. We know it better from Isaiah than we do here, but it's it's still it still means a lot. And it's a good reference. Um, for And then the last one I like is verse 95, the very end of it. In spite of all this that's going on, all of this, um, all of these woes that are pronounced, all of the, the trouble that is upon the world, you get this line. For all this, his anger is not turned away, but his hand is, but his hand stretched out still. There's still a chance even though all of this is, is evil or not evil, but all of this judgment is coming down, you know, his hand is stretched out. If you'll humble, humble yourself and that kind of, it, it chokes me up. It gets me, um, catches me off guard that that verse is inserted there. You're talking about the anger of the Lord kindled against his people and he stretched forth his hand against them and hath smitten them. And the hills did tremble, and their carcasses were torn in the midst of the streets. For all this, his anger is not turned away, but his hand stretched out still. And I, the way I read that is he's still, he's still hoping that people will repent and come back, come to him. That's all I have for chapter 8. I'm sure, I, you know, you read ahead and you get more quoting of Isaiah up through 9, 10, and... Was it starting 11 where Nephi begins to, to explain all this? So we have another two chapters of Isaiah to go. And then when you get to chapter 11, hopefully Nephi will explain it all to us. So thanks for hanging in there. Burden is light. Come unto.